Welcome to Ancient Egypt Alive's Secrets of Egypt Revealed podcast. An audio adventure featuring two Canadian Egyptologists, Laura Ranieri Roy and Francois Roy. Each episode, we will feature a historic site and bring it alive with little-known facts, interesting news, and recent discoveries. Episode 5, The Hathor Temple at Dendera. The Dendera Temple is certainly my favorite temple in Egypt, and I'm not alone in this. It is one of the most beautiful, well-preserved temples in Egypt, dating to the Ptolemaic period and also the Roman period of the country, uh, with three levels, a crypt, a main floor, an absolutely stunning hypostyle hall, and a roof where important rituals were practiced. The ceiling of Dendera Temple especially in the Hypostyle Hall, is one of its most striking features. That incredible blue, that deep blue that has now been revealed through the work of the Italian team who has restored the ceilings, showing the goddess Newt uh, swallowing the sun and giving birth to the new day, all of the zodiac symbols. It is so incredibly beautiful, absolutely uh, one of the most visually striking features of the temple. So let's take a look at this incredible temple, its complexities, its beauties, its religious significance, and the queens and kings who built here. We will look at the important New Year's Day festival and take you through each level and talk about all of the beautiful reliefs on the walls and what they all mean. Dendera is located 60 kilometers north of Luxor. It can be uh, visited on a, on a road trip down from Cairo to Luxor, but even better if you are in Luxor touring the sites, good to take a day trip just a little bit north. It's at the Kina Bend of the Nile near the city of Kina, and it sits in this beautiful position away from the crowds, away from the crowds of Luxor and Aswan and Cairo in, in a unique position. Francois, Tell us what it's like when you approach this incredible temple and what you see first. Uh, once you enter the complex at the gate, uh, one of the first things uh, that you run across is is actually the remains of the boat ramp. The site uh, right now is actually quite a good distance away from the Nile, uh, but in its day, it, it, it bordered the Nile. All of the sites, if you're looking at temples, I mean, you've got to remember that all of these pyramids and temples had to have access to this Nile, and all of them originally had these boat ramps. Some of them are still easier to see today than others. Yes, that's right. And then as you move forward and you see the temple and the columns in the darkness, there's actually... A couple of gateways and the, the gateways are standing alone portions of the wall are missing so you walk through two gateways when you walk through a gateway uh, a roman gateway actually done by trajan who was uh, one of the later emperors uh, who ruled from 98 to 117 but most of the site is uh, a 40,000 square meter site and there's a massive mud brick wall 
that surrounds most of it, not all of it, called a temenos wall. And this was part of the traditional uh, temple structure, even though this is a a more recent temple. And the whole conception of the temples in ancient Egypt were as a microcosm of the created world, the mound that arose from the waters of chaos. And that mud brick wall that would surround the temples often was shaped in, with curvatures to almost reflect the waters outside lapping against the walls. And you can still see that in some of these mud brick walls. This temple was the created universe, um, represented that and had all these wonderful symbolic elements. A lot of these you can still see at Dendera today. And even though as you're walking, uh, after you pass through these gateways and you, you're seeing the temple in front of you, you also notice that there are a lot of other structures around. So this is really a big complex. But this is the new uh, open-air museum that they've created that, from well, some of the fallen pieces. That, that's you, right. You, you encounter this and what would normally have been the outer court, right? That's right. But there's other buildings that were built outside of the main temple. Right. We have... Mimesis. Actually, these are birth houses. The the earliest one is actually it's the earliest existing building in the in this whole compound. It was actually built by the last pharaoh, the last native pharaoh, Nectanebos the uh, second, in about three sixty BC. Uh, there's also a Roman Mimesis as well, another birth house. But they were most common during the Ptolemaic era. So these are really date markers in a sense. You do not find Mamesis birth houses in the temples of Ramses and and Hatshepsut and and Amenhotep III. They started late period and they were associated, there were these these structures where women could come when they either wanted to become pregnant or they wanted to have a healthy birth and they prayed to the gods. And often there's certain gods connected with these mamesis, like the one in Dendera. There's a few gods uh, that are very important. That's right. And and one of them is Bess. Love uh, Bess. you got to uh, love Bess. <laughs> Bess is, uh, I guess, our happy dwarf and uh, very popular during the early Roman period and very much associated with motherhood. And, and birthing. So in there's two mimesis at Dendera. You see the first one that you mentioned, the, the Greco-Roman era one. Yeah. And then there's an earlier one as well, I yes. think. Or the one no, from Nectanebo. Nectanebo. the second. Okay. So uh, in both of these, the reliefs are beautiful. Some of them, the Roman uh, era one you see, is considered some of the most beautiful relief work of the late period. So definitely worth going into the mimesis, seeing the goddess Hathor, who is the lady of this temple, um, her consort Horus, and their son was Ihi. So it was another important little god associated with right. with the sistrum and with rebirth. But look at the beautiful uh, mimesis there. What's after, do you see after the great entrance of uh, Trajan? The it was the gateway of the gateway uh, of Trajan. Of yeah. Trajan, yes. So the mimesis are to your right as you're walking towards the temple, and to your left are, as you mentioned before, a bit of an open air museum showing uh, some of the stonework, the capitals. We have statues of Bess, and it's an interesting walk through when you walk through this. Uh, open-air collection of stonework. Now, what you find with the art at Dendera that's different than the other temples is a late-period temple is you still have the Egyptian afterlife beliefs 
you know, they're still revering this, but the art style, the dress, the way they're drawing um, the individual's arms and hands and face and the costume, it's Greek. These look like more Greek people. They're a little fuller, a little fleshier. A little fleshier, and, yeah. And um, they're just a different flowing style to this late period artwork, which yeah. makes it very beautiful. Yes, that's right. And so, as I said, as you walk towards, uh, you walk first into that beautiful uh, vestibule uh, with these capitals, with Hathor capitals well, this in is, the columns. This, this is, is the Great Hypostyle Hall. This is and, beautiful, yes. And here, this is where most of the gorgeous pictures of Dendera come from. You have all of these columns uh, with the head of Hathor. Her face is largely destroyed on a lot of these but the color is still there the shape it's beautiful why was it destroyed largely we believe in the christian period they wanted to destroy the faces of these gods right um so over the years they have been destroyed but it is a gorgeous hypostyle hall the blue of the ceiling restored by the italian teams the astronomical work but these columns representing hathor are not actually strictly representing the goddess in her own form, they're actually in the shape of sistrums, which are these musical instruments associated with Hathor, an attribute of Hathor. So her head is on top of this musical instrument, and that's really what the pillars represent. Yeah, yes, that's right. Sistrums a type of rattle, I guess. Right? A rattle that would be shaken in religious festivals. Originally, they were made of bundles of papyrus flowers, and there's that onomatopoeic name uh, derived from the ancient Egyptian, Sesheshet. You can hear that almost like the rattling of papyrus flowers. And this was the sim one of the symbols that Hathor was associated with. And in fact, many of the rooms, there's lots of different chambers you go into, are associated with her attributes. There's a menat room, which is the necklace she wore. There are rooms associated with the sistrum, with uh, with jewelry, with lots of different objects. But the most shocking thing of all, Francois, who built this most stunning hypostyle hall? Probably next to the hypostyle hall of Karnak, the most impressive, I would say, in Egypt. Well, uh, we're not. We don't know the name of the architect who built this. Uh, but we, it was built uh, under the reign of the Emperor Tiberius, who succeeded Augustus in 14 AD. So between 14 and 37, this was built by an unknown architect. And right, but it's a good old, it's thanks to Tiberius, who comes down to history not that favorably. Uh, bit of a pervert, sorry, with all of his antics on the island of Capri, his pornography and his... Uh, you know, not a, not a really uh, great emperor, but his legacy is the building of this most magnificent hypostyle hall at Dendera with these incredible Hathoric columns that you now know are actually musical instrument systems. So what else do you love about Dendera Temple? We've gotten as far as the hypostyle hall. I understand that more work on more of the beautiful ceilings uh, is transpiring right now. But talk a little bit about those ceilings and what you see. Well, you see uh, the goddess Nut, and you also have the other symbols, the other animals of the zodiac. So, and that's, this will feature uh, prominently as well in other locations uh, in the temple. So, uh, Taurus, you see Taurus, that's very clear. That You see Libra. So you see a lot of the 
the symbols associated uh, with the zodiac, modern zodiac, so on one the ceiling. Of, right, and the most important um, legacies of this whole temple of Dendera is the fact that on the third level, we haven't talked about the third level yet, is the location of the first zodiac that was on the ceiling. It's now been removed. It's now in the Louvre. But that is really the temple's claim to fame. But getting back to Newt, we don't just see this famous sky goddess. We actually see um, one of the important books of Egyptian religion playing out, which is um, the book of the, of the day and the night where she swallows the sun at the end of the day. You can see so beautifully her giving birth to the new day on the other end. It's a really beautiful representation. Yes, absolutely stunning. And as you mentioned, the ceiling was cleaned by an Italian team. And they've left, this is interesting, they left maybe a square meter at the most at the top, at in one area, uh, uncleaned, so you could see what condition uh, the ceiling was in. And it's absolutely blackened. And yeah, that's because of the Christians yeah. were cooking in there for well, and, for and a and long other time. Egyptians, and yeah, they they a lot of uh, abandoned temples were, were were taken over right by by the locals. So we've seen the work. We've been there more than once, and we've seen the work progress bit by over bit, the last by, 10, by 15 bit. years. Yeah, and it's and it's basically complete in the manger, you know, in the main main hall. But what's what, what's also interesting about this is you mentioned different floors. Most temples don't have a roof. They don't have other floors. And this one does. Not only that, it has two beautiful staircases. Uh, one going up on one side. That, you know, you go up on one side and you could go down on the other, the way they're set up. And all full of reliefs all along the walls of the, of the staircase. So this is a good point to talk about what rituals were performed specifically at this temple kind of interesting and a lot of people might go in they see the beautiful newt on the ceiling the hathoric columns the zodiac but this was a temple of new years this is a temple very important when the first light of the new day struck it was extremely important that the statue of the goddess Hathor be brought up from the crypt in the basement by the priests and set in this special shrine on the roof so that with the first light of the new day, it would hit this this goddess. And in a sense, this was also uh, recreated her uh, reuniting with her consort Horus, who is the god of the living king, the god of the sky, solar connotations. In Egyptian mythology, Horus and Hathor were partners, and Horus would uh, actually had his own temple, 60 kilometers, well, actually 80 or so kilometers further up the Nile in the south, the temple of Edfu. Edfu and Dendera are two of the best preserved temples, but he would come and visit her. It would be the symbolic reunification of these two gods and it would also be the celebration of New Year's, the first light of the new day, hitting the statue of Hathor on the roof. And some of the, um, the stories that the reliefs tell speak of this New Year's festival. Also very cool is the stairways actually show priests if you look at the reliefs, they're going up the stairs with the, the Hathor statue, and then they're coming down on the other side, bringing the statue, uh, the religious statue, back down to the crypt at the end of the ceremony. And, and now that you've you know mentioned the crypts, there's there's actually twelve 
crypts. Which I actually totally uh, surprised me because if you've been to Dendera, you know there's a really unique crypt you can go down to. What was this crypt for? Storing very sacred items. But let's hear from, from Hossam about uh, the work on the new crypts. Now we're going to have Hossam Ragab live in Egypt join us to speak about the wonderful temple of Dendera. Hossam, I understand they're renovating this beautiful temple. What is changing that people will be able to see in the future? I think they repainted some rooms in the second colony, you know, the, the six rooms, which three on each side, you remember one for the incense and one for the silver. For and, the menet you know, necklace and exactly. everything too. Those, they've yeah. restored the color on some of those walls? Yes, I did see in the last visit many of the uh, people who are working on that scenes. This is the first thing. Also, I saw they are working on the sanctuary. Talk about the sanctuary. What is the sanctuary? The sanctuary, you know, it is the Holy of Holies. Like, there is always the most important place in any ancient temple or the most holy part in the temple. We call it sanctuary or the Holy of Holies. And the, every ancient temple dedicated to one or two gods. So that sanctuary was dedicated to them. And it has the divine bar. And because of Dandera was dedicated to uh, goddess Hathor, so it was Hathor and Horus represented in that lovely room. Also, I wanted to mention around the sanctuary, that temple had 12 crypts. 12? People think there's just one crypt at Dendera. Yes, it's, this is because it was only one crypt which uh, was open to the people during their tours and their visits. But according to my study, there are 12 crypts around the sanctuary and they reopened three or four uh, of them. So next tour for you, Laura, you're going to find more crypts are open for visits. And tell us about what was in those crypts. It wasn't scary burial places, right? We think of crypts as a burial place, but these were sacred spaces. Yes, the, the crypts. It was like, imagine yourself in your house and you would like to hide the most important thing. Uh, you have it from your grandfathers or grandmothers. You would like to save it for a longer time. So uh, in, in the temple, there are always important stuff used by the priests. So they hide it in that uh, crypts. And it's not only about the continent, but also the scenes. We found it in these crypts. It's unbelievable. The best figure ever for horrors for me in one of these crypts. Yes, the artwork, the relief work is stupendous in these crypts. Um, so there were very safe places where they had the sacred objects, the statues that would travel up to the roof to, to get the first rays of the sun. So these more of them, you'll be able to explore the three-level temple of Dendera and more crypts to discover under the ground. I'd like to say 
the people who will visit Egypt and visit Dandera will love that temple because it has a different cultures. So I mean, you can see the ancient Egyptian, you can see the Greek, you can see the Roman, all of that in one temple. And uh, such a great and uh, mixed uh, influence will help the people to understand more about how the civilizations are taking from each other. The place where Cleopatra and Julius Caesar probably honeymooned. It was Cleopatra VII's temple originally. So that's great. Thank you so much, Hossam. Hossam Ragab in Egypt, and we will talk to you again soon. It's always great talking to you, Laura. So let's talk a little more about the crypt at Dendera, the one crypt that's been open for for years since we've been visiting. You have to climb down a ladder, and then it's a fairly constricted space. But as Hossam has said, most beautiful reliefs down in this crypt. But there's a very controversial, shall we say, uh, particular relief. Francois, why don't you talk about that one? Yes, that's right. And this particular uh, relief in, in the crypt has been called the electrical light bulb. The light bulb the, of Dendera. The Dendera light. They had electricity in ancient Egypt, didn't yes. they? Yes. Well, why? Look, Explain what it looks like. It, okay, it's basically oval, but it's tapered at one end of, the, of this oval. And within that space... There's, a, I guess, a, a zigzag or a wiggly line. Looks like an electrical current. That's right. But it's actually, it's actually a snake. And um, what it actually does is it, it depicts uh, Harpsomtus, uh, which means uh, Horus who unites the two lands in the forms of a snake. And he's emerging from a, from a lotus flower. And um, Egyptologists believe that this oval container that we call a light bulb really represents the womb of, of the goddess Nut, which is really one of the main goddesses uh, other than Hathor that's depicted in this temple. That's right. She certainly has a prominent position to it. It's funny how our modern minds assign, when we're looking at ancient Egyptian symbols and hieroglyphs, we often put a modern perspective on it. And there's a completely logical explanation. Of course, it's uh, Harsomptus being born in the womb of, of Newt in a lotus flower. Why, why didn't I see that before? But anyway, it's caused a lot of controversy. There's a few of these. There's another one in the Temple of Abydos that's supposed to be like an aeroplane a or helicopter. a helicopter, a helicopter. But anyway, we're not Temple going to Abydos right now. Temple of Seti at Abydos. <laughs> but, uh, Beautiful, beautiful reliefs in the crypt all over the temple. But when you get up to the roof, this is where the New Year's Day festival took place. But there's some beautiful um, uh, rooms at the back. Uh, Very common in the Greco-Roman temples to see these signs of the resurrection of Osiris. All of these, these, these temples devoted to the god of the underworld, right? And this is nearby this, the area where the zodiac. Yeah, that's right. There's a couple of structures on the roof, um, some kiosks on the roof. And at one end, you're right, you have some of the rooms uh, where the zodiac uh, was placed on the ceiling. So this zodiac is actually upside down in a sense. You have to, you you walk into the room and you see it up on the ceiling. Now in 1821, so just a little over 200 years ago, there was a a great controversy in France when this, this antiquities thief roughly carved out this zodiac out of Dendera Temple, brought it back for sale to France, 
And all of the uh, religious order was terrified because they thought this was an astronomical chart that might predate biblical creation. They might thought they thought it might go back tens of thousands of years. The hero of this whole story was Champollion, who was the one who recognized it. Calm down, everyone. This seems to be a Greco-Roman temple. It's perfectly within the dates of the Bible. It probably dates to around, you know, 3060 BC, which is actually correct. The earliest part of the temple is 222 BCE. Most of it, though, was created by... Well, it was uh, the building started with uh, Ptolemy the Twelfth, which is Cleopatra's father, and it was continued. Cleopatra uh, the Great, Cleopatra yeah, the Seventh. Yeah, Cleopatra we know, Cleopatra the Seventh, and it was continued by Cleopatra. And what's really interesting, I think, for a lot of us who who like the story of of Cleopatra and Mark Anthony and Julius Caesar, is on the exterior back wall of this temple, you have Cleopatra with her son, Caesarian, uh, the so-called Ptolemy the uh, the iconographies up in the back are making offerings to the gods. So this is, it's really noteworthy. It's wonderful because you don't find other temples in Egypt where you see Cleopatra the Seventh pictured. Also, yeah. when you walk through this beautiful, magical temple, you can almost feel you're walking in the footsteps of Cleopatra. Maybe she honeymooned here with Julius Caesar. And the further back you go, so we talked about the Hypostyle Hall, being added by Tiberius, about 37 AD. And then the further back, you, you're getting into the Ptolemaic times, going back 10, 20, 30, 40 years uh, to the time of the Ptolemies. And it's funny, during the Ptolemaic era, often the kings changed so frequently that the, the people in, in Middle Egypt, it's like, who's on the throne of right now? What Ptolemy is it? They, they would get confused. So some of the uh, cartouches are, are completely blank because this temple really originally started. Uh, Ptolemy the Twelfth did a lot of work on it, but there was even development at this temple predating him. What a time when that's there was right. a lot of turnover in the well, in the e kingship of Egypt. Actually, that's right. But even during this time, Cleopatra the Seventh ruled with Ptolemy the Thirteenth. And, and and Ptolemy the Thirteenth uh, was put to death, and then she remarried another half brother, who became Ptolemy the Fourteenth, and her son was Ptolemy the Fifteenth. Yeah. So even even during her lifetime, you've got Ptolemy twelve, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. So yeah, a lot of the cartouches are empty, and so actually dating. Uh, what's really I think important and to go back to the zodiac on the roof is that we're able to pull up a couple of, of dates because the the zodiac that's on there is also an astronomical chart as well. And Sylvie Coville uh, from uh, the Center for Computer-Aided Egyptological Research at Utrecht in the Netherlands and Eric Aubourg, um, they dated, they've gone through the whole zodiac and we have... A solar eclipse and it's dated to march the 7th 51 bc and we also have a lunar eclipse uh, dated september 25 52 bc and we know that cleopatra took the throne around 50 or in 50 and actually co-ruled a bit with ptolemy the 12th in 51 so we have dates so, so for we the have zodiac. dates for this we have definite dates for the zodiac 
And as you've mentioned, it's at the top of this temple. And what I found interesting, it's a complete roof with complete drainage system with really spectacular gargoyles that come out of the outside uh, to drain. Because at this particular point, we're living through a much a uh, warmer, wetter period known as the Roman Warm Period where Egypt saw uh, increased rainfall more than it does today. So yeah, there's a lot of features of this temple oh, that there's make just, it quite you unique. Lost in it. And this temple, it's believed that there was a temple on this site connected with Hathor, goddess of beauty, healing, music, festivities, even dating back to the Old Kingdom. This was always a sacred site. That's right. Pepe the first. Going back to Pepe the first. So um, an absolutely magical temple at points in history. I think it was used as an infirmary, a hospital. To me, it's perhaps the most spiritual temple in Egypt. You can feel that the spirit is still in these walls. I have a very, very um, high level of awareness when I'm in there. I don't know, tapping into my more spiritual side it's beautiful on every level, I think, from the images through the complex features to the special vibe you get when you enter its walls. The Hathor Temple of Dendera. Ancient Egypt Alive, Secrets of Egypt Revealed podcast was created and voiced by Laura Ranieri Roy and Francois Roy. It was recorded and edited by Dominic Roy, our special guest, is Hossam Ragab, Egyptologist live in Egypt. For more news on Ancient Egypt Alive and pictures, information, blogs, tours, events, come visit us at ancientegyptalive.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs>